What's going on, family? Welcome back to another week and another episode of Unscripted. I'm your host, Akeem Haynes. Just want to give a quick thank you to all of our listeners who take the time to listen to the podcast each week. For those who have taken the time to leave a rating and review of the podcast, we appreciate it. It means a lot. So without further ado, let me introduce this week's guest on the show. This week, my guest is Ashad Ajiapong. It's funny. I'm, I, I knew Ashad for quite some time now. We used to compete um, back in the track and field days, right? But to see where he is now and what he's doing is just remarkable. So Ashad is a cinematographer who has quickly made a name for himself with an edgy contemporary style with his visual creation. But this wasn't always the case, as I said before. You know, originally from Trenton, New Jersey, Ashad knew that if he was going to make the most out of his environment, he was going to have to make the most out of every opportunity that came his way. Heavily involved in sports, growing up, a mentor and coach encouraged him to try track and field, and that's what he did. So from there, he worked his way onto the University of Rhode Island track team, where he quickly made a name for himself, breaking almost every record before his departure, if I did my Googles correct. <laughs> After he left the university, uh, he decided to try running at the professional level for a few years. After a trip to Brazil, a specific scenery sparked a thought in his head that made him want to capture the moment and the images that he saw. A few years later, he decided to make a decision that would change the trajectory of his path. He stepped away from competing as an athlete and went to helping athletes behind the scenes. He became a coach. Shortly after his coaching stint, he took a position to help create a school athletic program. You know, it's kind of funny. You know, he's only been, he only picked up photography like five years ago, right? So just hearing how he got involved into this field is just so interesting because he's, man, you got to check out his stuff. When he picked up the camera to develop his skills, he just reached out to people, right? And offered his skills and his services. And it just got better and better and better until, you know, one day he found himself working with Toby Nowigwe, right? If you know Toby, Toby is, man, he's one of the hottest rappers out right now, right? And he's, uh, Ashad is the part original creator of the weekly show that uh, Toby used to do called Get Twisted Sundays. I'm not sure if he still does Get Twisted Sundays. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure, I'm probably sure he does. He got a lot of traction from it. But if you haven't heard of Toby Nowigwe, go ahead and check it out. The man's a ly lyrical machine. But uh, Ashad was the original guy shooting those shots, at least for the first couple episodes there. But this is a if you are an up-and-coming photographer, videographer in the digital space, man, Ashad drops a lot of advice and wisdom and gems in this episode that I think you'll really get a lot from. And also just this all-around knowledge uh, of life, this conversation I truly enjoyed. You know, I haven't chopped it up with Ashad in a while, but it was good to hear his voice, good to hear from him. But before we go, if you would like to support the podcast, there are two ways that you can do that, and we will, we will be appreciative of either way. The first way to do that is to head over to Apple Podcasts and Apple or Apple iTunes and leave a rating or review of the podcast. That would go a long way. The second way is a small donation to the podcast through PayPal. All donations will go towards getting better sounding microphones and other essential items to continue to create the content for you, our listeners. And you can find that link in the show notes. So I just want to say thank you again for tuning in. Thank you again for listening. Thank you for sharing. And without further ado, enjoy this week's episode with Ashad Ajiapong. What's going on, my guy? Can you hear me? What's going on? Man, not too much, man. How's, how's things on your end down there? Everything's great, man. I can't complain, bro. Hey, how's the weather down there, man? It's usually hot around this time, huh? Yeah, man. It's, it's been pretty good. Um you know, that floating between, you know, those 70s and, you know, low 70s, high 80s, you know, so on a few, a few more weeks until it's consistently 80 and 90. <laughs> yeah. Well, man, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to this, man. I want to get into a whole bunch of things, uh, but I want to start here, man. This is a loaded question. You know, I think 2020 was an interesting year, to say the least, you know, depending on your perspective on that, man. But I want to get your take on it. 
from three different points of views. One, from a mental standpoint, you know, how did you navigate through the day-to-day, right? Your routine changed a bit. Mm-hmm. A business standpoint, right? Because even though you're kind of social distancing behind the camera, it's still a little different, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, a third and final standpoint, man, in information, right? We were hearing so much things from the news, you know, about the virus and, and where it was going and, and so many things happening um, around the world, man. What, 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 how much did you feed into the information of what was happening? And <laughs> how much did you say, man, I got to turn the TV off a little bit? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I just, you know, it, it, it was definitely a challenging thing, um, you know, just with, with everything and kind of, it's an unprecedented thing. Like you think about it and, you know, you have, you know, grandparents and stuff like that who live through, you know, like, you know, different types of, you know, pandemic type things, you know, and it's not something that's a common thing. So to be, to be part of a page in history and to be, have to kind of sit still and like, like the world basically shut down. Um, I was more so from a mental standpoint, more so just, just counting the day, counting every day as a blessing, you know, and just trying to just really try to, um, you know, keep some type of sanity. I think the that mental part and just kind of like the overflow of information kind of played hand in hand, um, because then there was also the side that you know you're you're in tune and you're kind of listening to everything and watching everything on TV, all of the, the you know kind of the media driven kind of information. Um, it it definitely you know played a big role in just like my subconscious. So it'd be times mm-hmm. where I was just like, you know, big big thing for me was like sleeping. Like when I would go to sleep, I would have these like weird dreams. And I it was directly stemming from just the overconsumption of just all of this, you know, information, you know, that, you know, you would see on TV or on social media, you know, the death numbers and all this stuff like that. You know, you, you tend to kind of consume that and at some point you, you know, you have the things that are in the front of your mind, but at the, at the same time, there are things in the back of your mind that sometimes you don't even know are there, you know? So, and they kind of come up at random times where you least expect it. So, mm. um, so I, I really had to kind of like, you know, kind of turn, turn the, you know, the, the TV to different channels and kind of consume different things just to kind of get my mind, you know, away from that um, and just kind of keep, you know, keep my mind open and, and, and keep my sanity to say the least. <laughs> yeah, man. Cause I think, I think so many times people as well too, you know, especially at the height of everything, it was so much information that even if we didn't want to think about it per se, our subconscious was still rolling and still working. Mm-hmm. For sure. But I know, I know fitness is, is, is one thing you're definitely big in man from the sports days, man. How, how, <laughs> What were you doing to get that physical physical uh, release during that time? Because I'm assuming, uh, I, I know up here, gyms were closed down. I'm assuming it was the same down there? Yeah, yeah. So the gyms, so obviously it just with, with everything, like, you know, Texas was a bit more kind of like lenient. Um, they, they had been lenient with everything, with, with everything. So like even the gyms, like the gyms, the gyms closed down like after, like a lot of gyms closed down after like a lot of the other states kind of closed down. So yeah. like we, I was still going to the gym. I just was masked up and stuff like that. And then when it got really bad, um, when everything kind of shut down, I was just trapping, you know, trapping in garage, you know, garages <laughs> and, you know, going to the park and things like that, just trying to get out, you know, and, and, and kind of move around, you know. So that's that's kind of like for me, that that was one thing that definitely kind of helped my mental and just staying active. Um, and, and this is crazy. Like, you know, I, I know that COVID, you know, really you know, had, you know, some damaging effects on a lot of people. But this is one thing that I truly believe, like, people who are, like, you know, physically fit and taking care of themselves, like, you know, it, I feel like you're in a better position to kind of handle some of those things. Yeah. Um, so I, I I was, I would tell people, like, yo, try, if you can, try to at least go out, get a run in, you know, ride your bike or something like that, obviously be safe with it. Um, but I feel like, you know, for me, again, like, that physical fitness and being able to get out and do do my daily routine, kind of switch it up a bit, but still do my, you know, my, get my workouts in on a regular basis. It really kind of helped me fit both physically and mentally. Um, yeah, man. I think, uh, I think when we talk about the Trinity of things, it's mind, body, and spirit. And, you know, it's definitely one of those things, man, where as stressful as environments can be, 
and we all have to be safe, man. It's definitely important that we get that physical part in, man. But man, I want to go back to before behind the camera, man, because (laughs) I've always felt that uh, as a creator, right? A lot of inspiration comes from, you know, upbringing and experiences. Now, if I did my research correctly, man, New Jersey, Trenton, New Jersey, right? For sure. Yes, sir. Walk, take me back to those days, kind of just growing up, man, because Jersey isn't the easiest state to, uh, <laughs> to grow up in, man, because I'm sure I'm sure you've seen a lot of different things. Yeah, man. Um, so, yeah, man, child, childhood living, man. Um, so, yeah, grew up, born and raised in Trenton, New Jersey um, in the projects, man project kid you know so yeah man like like growing up like i i i was in a very crazy environment as far as like outside of the the walls and the door of my house like you know, yeah in the hood and you know and just kind of like just seeing everything man as a kid you know just kind of being around like a lot of violence seeing a lot of violence um you know and things like that but my parents you know god bless my parents um, they, you know, they really did a good job at, you know, keeping my sister and I sheltered um, and, you know, raising us the right way. Um, early on, um, my dad put me in sports. So, you know, c- growing up, I played a lot of basketball and, and, and football. So that kind of really kind of kept me kind of out of the streets and kind of getting into, you know, the foolishness that it was so easy to, to kind of get in being in that environment. So that's kind of how I got my start into like really, you know, being an athlete and, you know, loving sports. So yeah, man, you know, it's, uh, it's always interesting, man, because, you know, (laughs) no matter how great of a job our parents can do, they can't keep us from everything. You know (laughs) what I'm saying? And so being in sport is always something, well, not even sport, but anything that is conducive uh, Mm -hmm. to help keep in the right state, man. But I know um, every time that I'm in Jersey or visiting in the New York area, um, I see I always see a lot of murals, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of paintings, a lot of things of that nature, man. And that's someone, uh, someone uh, portraying their art and what's inside their head, man. Mm-hmm. I heard a sentence, and I want you to explain this to me. Even at the beginning stages, maybe you kind of discovered that as you were playing sport. But there was a term that came with you that I read that said "edgy contemporary." Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Um, again, again, this is a product product of of kind of like my environment. You know, like that edgy part is just kind of like, you know, what, where, where I was born, kind of like what I was raised around. You know, just kind of like life on the edge. Never know, you know, when you're, you know, stepping out the house or walking around a corner, what you're gonna see. You know what I mean? So you just kind of like got to be on your toes and keep your head on the swivel. So, you know, that I kind of take have taking that into like what i do now as as an artist and kind of like meshed it into like just more a refined kind of look on life because again like i feel like my development and transformation like i was just a very i was very rough around the edges as a as a kid Mm -hmm. um, and even kind of going up through high school and things like that and it wasn't until i got outside of that you know outside of my environment living in jersey and was able to go to go to college out of state and to be a you know an, an athlete and running a circuit, experience the world in different countries and things like that, um, where I was starting to have a different outlook and appreciation for life, you know, and kind of see things through a diff- different lens. So it's just a, a manifestation of both of those things kind of coming together. Man, let's go to high school, right? Because again, you're probably running track after school, probably running ch- club track because you know sometimes you got to do high school track, then you got to do club <laughs> track. Yeah, right. Um, what was a day-to-day uh like for you during those times man because you know i think sometimes you know athletes get labeled as this is what they can do this is what all that they can do Mm -hmm. but you also had that peace to you and 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 this is why your work right now man from the visuals that i've seen is just on another level Mm -hmm. so i'm wondering did that creative mind to always create uh did that originate something that you saw in high school? I know you said traveling later down the road, but mm-hmm. where did that start for you? Because you got to balance, hey, I could get a scholarship here, but I also have this other gift. How yeah. did you how did you handle both of those? 
So it's funny, man. Like I, I, I've never, I've never really been, I never was an artsy person kind of going, cr- growing up. Like I've always been like, I, I like to say, like, I've always been like a jock, like quote unquote, yeah. like I've always been into sport. Like sport has always been my life. Um, and I'm sure we'll, be, we'll get later into my story, but I, I didn't really pick up like the creative side. And again, maybe, maybe this is something that I'm still trying to discover and trying to see where it's stemming from. Um, but as a kid, it was, you know, everything was just focused on sport. I was the kid who, you know, I didn't start running track until junior year of high school. Up until that, I was I was a hooper and I played football. So I'm, I was a kid who I everywhere you see me, I got either a football or a basketball in my hand. I'm <laughs> dribbling down the street. I'm in the backyard. I'm shooting hoops all the time. Like that was just my life. I did. I watched cartoons and watched, you know, played video games and I, I, I did sports, you know, I ran, I ran around the house and just did crazy stuff. You know, I wasn't really into drawing or art class or anything like that. So it, it's, and when I think, and, and when people ask me that question is I'm always kind of like taken aback. I'm like, damn, like, I wonder where, you know, like it had to be something in me at some point. Maybe I just mm-hmm. didn't experience something that kind of brought it out early on, but I mean, I'm here now. So <laughs> and embracing yeah. it to the fullest. <laughs> Man, when you were playing sport, man, you know, I think, I think, uh, I think sometimes when we are put into tough environments and we face obstacles early, man, you know, we start dreaming about certain things. You know, we may not know how we are going to get there, but we always know there is something that we can do. Mm-hmm. You said your world opened up when you left uh, the state. Where did you go, and what was that experience like, and 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 what was it such? about sport that you cling to because you could play all of them right yes. but but how did you narrow it down because i remember in high school man i was a uh, the moment i heard you, you could get scholarships at this thing i was playing volleyball <laughs> playing basketball running track playing football yeah. the seasons the seasons don't align you know what yeah. <laughs> but i was trying to go through it man but but as a man trying to make decisions man was it how did you know that you had to leave the state in order in order to see something else? You know, in high school, kind of like, you know, doing, you know, doing three sports, like my main sports were like basketball, football and, and track, I mean, and track later on. Um, I was I, I loved basketball kind of growing up and, you know, and that stuff like that. Um, but I got cut. I got cut my my sophomore year of high school. So once basketball kind of like. I got cut and I was on a team. Then I kind of had to, I was searching. I was searching to find something. I was still playing football. I was pretty good at football. I just didn't, I just didn't see myself like playing football, like beyond high school. So um, at the time I had some friends who were like, you know, playing football, but then they were also running track. So I just decided to try track. And it was, again, this was my junior year. I ended up deciding to, to, to run track and the track coach, um, at the time, he was someone, he was like, he tried to push people to like not do football. He's wanted you to focus on track. Yeah. So he had, a, he had a personal conversation with him. He's like, hey man, I think you have a lot of potential. Like, I feel like if you devote yourself to running, like run cross country, you know, and then do indoor, outdoor, he's like, I feel like, you, you know, you could, you know, you could do really well, possibly get a scholarship. So, and I never had a coach who kind of like had that kind of talk with me and kind of like, you know, you know, put that kind of belief in me. So that for me, that was huge. So I just, I quit playing football and I just focused on running and it, it turned out to be a great decision. Like I wasn't like a stellar high school athlete. I was, you know, I was running a lot of mid distance and, you know, I had ended up running decent enough to get like some looks. Um, I didn't get any scholarships though, but I had some people who were interested in me kind of coming in, coming in, being a walk on and things like that. Um, but for me, like getting out of the state, going back to your original question, I felt like, again, like my environment, I just wanted, I just knew that I wanted something different. I needed to experience something different. Um, I didn't, I wasn't really crazy about, you know, like, like the environment of, you know, Trenton and New Jersey. Um, and then also too, it was a couple of coaches who kind of gave me an opportunity to say, Hey, like we have, you know, we don't have a lot of money. Like we can kind of get, put you in this kind in this situation. And if you prove yourself, you know, you can, you know, perhaps get a scholarship. So I just kind of took that chance and I ended up in Rhode Island at the University of Rhode Island. So, you know, they, they took a chance on me, you know, and I got, I got accepted to a bunch of schools. Um, my dream school was Ohio State. I got accepted there. But when I sat down with my parents and kind of really thought about the process, um, I was like, you know, I felt like University of Rhode Island was going to be like the best fit for me. And 
you know, I, to this day, I still feel like I made the, the right decision in going to that school. Yeah, man, by any means. Yeah. <laughs> also, sometimes all you need is that opportunity, man. But, man, you said something I want to go back to, man. Uh, you have that coach tell you something that you didn't know, right? Sometimes we don't know uh, uh, what path could be good for us until someone tells us, man. Talking about mentorship and, and guidance, man. Growing, sure. growing into that space, man. Yes, you know, your parents uh, put you... You know, they did the best that they could, man. But what was going through your head when someone else who probably didn't know you that well said something else, man? Because, again, where you come from, man, it's uh, people don't really tell you that they believe in you, so to speak. Right. Mm -hmm. So what, what, what even maybe looking back now and thinking about all the people who said something in, to you that you didn't see in yourself, man, uh, just reflect and tell me what what that felt like, man, because, again, your parents know you. And they're doing the best that they can. But to have someone who doesn't live in your household telling you, look, man, there's some opportunities here. Right. Mm -hmm. What was that like? Yeah, man, it's 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 a it's a crazy feeling. And like now, you know, at my age now, and I, I, I often like go back and think about that and just kind of like in like up until this point in my life being, you know, because at, at, I coached, you know, I coached college kids for, for five years. You know, I've worked in the school system. I've, you know, I've taught, you know, elementary school, middle school kids, um, and I've, you know, coached them as well. Um, when I think about my personal, you know, journey and being a kid like that, like when you hear someone, you know, that you don't know, but you look at them in a certain light, kind of, you know, pour into you that way, it's uplifting, you know, like. And, and every every kid is different right like some kids yeah. it, it takes more than others it takes more than others because you know you may have someone who is not used to it and they have you know a you know a, a, a even rougher situation where you got to pour more into them but for me personally like you know I I you know I really you know my high school coach I looked up to him because I knew the work that he had done and kind of some of the people that he's coached in his career so for him to kind of say that to me um, it just really gave me, you know, a lot of a lot of the confidence that I needed um, at that point in my life to, you know, to to want to do well, you know, every day at practice. You know, you go out, you know, how high school is like, yeah, like you said, you running, you like you're really literally running every single day, all day long. It's like it's crazy, you know. So, you know, to kind of have someone to kind of pour in you and and just tell tell you that they believe in you, they believe in your talents, and that they feel that you can do something well. Um, you know, it, and it, it's, it's full circle because like when I, when I kind of like graduated college and started running on the circuit and was running well, you know, and I would, I was training in Jersey at the time. Um, and like my high school coach would come to the track sometime. And I, it, it was just, it, it was just like a great feeling to kind of like look him in the eyes and be like, Hey, coach Jennings, like, you know, thank you for everything you did. Like, I really wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. Cause I mm -hmm. really kind of like sparked that light that, that helped me get to this point. You know, so Man. and also too, I will I will say like him talking to me, like him getting me into the sport, and then just kind of like the conversations having with him during my two years of running. Like, man, when I went to college, my first year of college, dude, like I was the most cockiest person in the world, man. <laughs> I was on the track talking all the crazy nonsense to like the upperclassmen talking about I'm gonna smoke them and stuff like that. Um, it, so it, it it really kind of like <laughs> it, it helped my you know my confidence even going into a space where. I didn't really know what to expect, but I just knew that I, I felt that I had the talent. And again, like that, that confidence really led me to like, I, you know, to this day, I hold probably every sprint record at my school, you know? So Man. <laughs> no, I've, I've, I felt that bro, because it was the same thing for me. You know, I had a teacher uh, named Ken Rose who, who, uh, who said, man, I think you can go somewhere in track and field. But, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't really want to run track and field, right? Because let's be honest, mm -hmm. man, track is the only sport that's every other sport's punishment. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you got to yeah. run every single day. But, you know, I think, uh, I think sometimes, man, especially as a young person, right, you don't know what else is there for you until someone tells you. And then it's up to you to be able to receive that information and take it. Because, mm -hmm. man not everybody has your best interest at hand, man. So, yeah, yeah. 
getting to uh getting to school man you said first year you know you were confident man you were rocking you were rolling man mm-hmm. but um what happened your second and third year was there a moment where you saw a camera line around that said hmm or were you just solely still moving to track so solely solely track man <laughs> track track like literally sport was life man sport was life um it was crazy because like I said, like my freshman year, I, I didn't really, I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't highly recruited. You know, I got a little bit of, you know, money to go to Rhode, University of Rhode Island. Um, so my main goal was like, I was, I, I was focused on getting a full scholarship. Like that was my goal. Um, so after my freshman year, I made, I, like I, I went to like junior nationals. Um, I ran really well my freshman year. And then I ended up, you know, getting that, getting that scholarship going into my sophomore year. Um, and then from there, I was just locked in. Like sophomore year, like I started running, you know, really, really well. Was on the verge of making, you know, uh, NCAA uh, nationals, you know, and stuff like that. Started breaking some school records and things like that. So like, again, like my focus was really, you know, really just sport and running track. Um, camera, honestly, camera didn't come around until about. If, if, if you're gonna be surprised, camera didn't really come around until until about five years ago. So Not really, <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Yeah, oh, man. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So we we, okay, we, we later in the story with the camera. <laughs> we gonna get there. That's crazy. Ah <laughs> oh, man. But man, you said something, bro, and and I don't know if you realize it or not, but you wanted to get the scholarship, right? Mm-hmm. Do you ever think back and say, man, I did exactly what I said I was going to do? You know, what I'm saying that's a confidence and a swagger. But that's a daily commitment that we often don't oh, think man. about because we're so caught up on getting the result, right? Yeah, yeah, man. It's it's definitely like like you said, man. That like I definitely like like you said. I I, I look back and I do say that to myself, and it, and I see the process, right? I, I see like after after I you know, and again like that going to those junior nationals for me was like that was like an internal confidence booster, like being, doing that. And then it was, this is crazy. So I went to that summer, I went to, um, it's like a junior nationals camp that they had a junior nationals elite camp. And yeah. I was down in, in, uh, in Chula Vista at the Olympic training center. And it was, I was down there with, it was like, uh, Karan Clement. I think Aries Merritt was down there. Oh, Sean man. Merritt had went the year before. Like, so it was, this was like a big camp. Yeah. And I remember, I forget the coach's name that was there, but he, this was another guy who like, so I'm down there, we're doing the daily drills. And he said to me, he's like, he's like, son, what are you running at up, up there? And at the time I, they had me running like a lot of 400s and 500s. And he's like, you running a four and a five. He's like, you need to drop down. You need to start running a one and a two. So I went back and this is crazy. I got to tell this story. So I went back to, I went back, I had, they had my, had my pamphlet over the summer. I was grinding. Cause like he was something to do. He's like, you have some potential to really run some times in the one and the two. So I'm grinding out, doing all this stuff. He's telling me over the summer, I went back to school, gave the playbook to my coach. Like, Hey coach, like I've met this, like this, this, the coach, he gave me the playbook. You know, this is what he said I should try be trying to do. My coach wasn't trying to hear it. And as a coach, as a coach, I look at it too. Like you got another person telling you how to program. You yeah. Know, like I'm not really listening in that. Um, but I still was kind of keeping some of the stuff in, like in the programming that we were doing just from a technical standpoint. Um, and it was crazy. So like we got to conference championship and I like, I'm telling him like, we made a bet that like the week before he's like, he's like, Ajapong, he's like, we, we want you to run the four and the two. What do you think about that? I was like, coach, I really want to run the one and the two. He's like, if I can run the one and the two, like, please let put me in those events. He's like, all right, so I'm gonna make a bet with you. We put you in the one and two. If you win the 100 and the 200 <laughs> at conference mm-hmm. championship, you don't have to worry about running the 400 ever here, here, here at our school ever again. <laughs> Man, look, <laughs> that was all. That was all the motivation I needed, bro. <laughs> That was all the motivation I needed, man. I went out there and and won both of them things. <laughs> in style and fashion and great. <laughs> yeah, man. That's so. funny, man. That's funny. But, man, again, it, it goes back to sometimes you don't know something until someone else tells you, right? Exactly. Especially, exactly. especially over in Chula Vista, man. Like, you know, when I was in Phoenix, uh, Air, man, I used to train alongside Aries Mary, used to be in the camp, mm. right? And these are people who, again, world class of the world class. Mm-hmm. And when you have a world class coach telling you, hey, 
there's something here, man. And then, you know, you know, NCAA is a little different, man. You know, it's all about points and, you know, mm-hmm. it's a little different. But you get to your senior year, man. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, what's next? You know, how did you what made you decide to continue going? And then um, you started getting up on the circuit. It's different. Yeah. It's different in college now. Because now, now it's not show up at this time. We're traveling here. Now you got to be an adult. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, so, yeah, man. It's, and it's, it's crazy. It's, it's starting to become a theme here, man. It's just another person, you know, another person really kind of, you know, seeing something in you that you don't really see in yourself. So, yeah, um, the, 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 the coach that, that, that came down to see me in high school, um, my coach, uh, Derek Yush, um, at the time, he, you know, he was still the coach, one of the coaches at um, at University of Rhode Island. So my senior year came around, and again, I was I was running well, and you know, one of the top, you know, top guys in in the country, and in, in, in one and the two. Um, and he was, and I honestly, I for me, I was like, I mean, I don't, I didn't really feel like I was, you know, I was able to be able to like go and do trying to do, run the circuit. I was looking at like all like the bigger school guys, like the guys from like Florida and things like that. I'm like it's that's for those guys, not you know, not somebody from like the University of Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. Um, but my coach, I remember one day I was leaving the weight room. And he's like, he's like, hey, Ajapong, like, what are you thinking about doing after after school? And I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, I'm probably gonna, you know, maybe go to grad school. And you know, he's like, hey, man, I, like, I think I may, have, I might have a situation for you. I think we should try to run, you know, post collegially. Um, and I was like, really? He's like, you think? I was like, he's like, you, you think I can do it? And he's like, he's like, man, are you serious? Like, dude, you're running these times up here in in the cold weather of Rhode Island, we don't have an out, we don't, we didn't, we don't have an outdoor track. You're running all these times running on indoor tracks only. He's like, I think if you get in the right environment, you're going to run really, really fast. So, you know, once I graduated, he, he, you know, he made some phone calls and I ended up down um, in Florida at the, uh, at the time it was the the national training center with, uh, with Dennis Mitchell. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's how that, that's how that came about. You know, him just kind of, you know, believing in me and say, Hey man, and kind of making me see the light. He's like, hey, you know, this is the situation. I feel like you can do, you know, you can do some great things, you know, so. OG, yeah. OG, OG Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> OG Dennis, yeah. <laughs> Man, you know, it's kind of crazy when you think about it, bro, because you were doing all this, you know, in in that New York wintertime, man. Yeah, bro. Um, so something must have came from within, man. And, 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 and maybe it's a reflection as you answer this next question, man, but... Uh, did you have a chip on your shoulder coming in or did you develop that? Definitely had a chip on my shoulder. Um, and I, at the end, I think it's a, I think it's a bit of a chip and it is also a bit of a swag. Um, again, kind of being from the New York, New Jersey area and kind of like, you know, that being in that environment, like when you, again, like I played hoops as a kid, like it was like, you gotta have that swag, you know, like I feel like a lot of basketball players, a lot of hoopers have that swag. So, you know, just kind of like having that as a kid, I always kind of had that on my, on my shoulder. And then like, when I went to, when I went to college, like I, I just, I just, I just period, I hate losing. Like I hate losing. I don't like losing. Um, so it was just like, you know, when I would lose or when I would see people running fast, it was just like, I just felt like I just took it personally. And I felt like I would have to go into a race and really kind of like do my best to you know to outperform everybody and if i didn't you know i literally was walking around with a chip on my shoulder until the next time i was able to race that person that beat me last time or you know something like that so it was just it's, it's always been there you know and I, I just always carried it you know on my shoulder yeah if there was one advice for someone listening man who you know maybe they're walking on right now and they're thinking, man, I really want to get a scholarship, or maybe they're trying to get into a certain program, but they need a certain type of GPA, man. What what is one thing that you would tell them uh, to give them some words of encouragement, man? That it's not impossible to do. Man, just I really feel like you know, I really feel like finding someone who is willing to, again, mentor you and pour into you. I, I think I I really feel that that is super important, and I say that because. Um, you know, after, after a while, like once I stopped running and I was coaching for a while, I was coaching college kids and then I stopped, you know, I, I moved into like actually teaching, you know, teaching kids and teaching, you know, elementary school kids and middle school kids, um, 
confidence is something that you know a lot of kids lack even even the ones who you feel like are the most confident you know you gotta continue to pour into those kind of those, those kids so as as a as a high school kid you know or even a middle school kid like if you can if you're able to like if you have someone who you see is trying to help you i would say like really kind of like be a sponge and listen to what they're saying take in what they're saying um ask them questions you know because that person may be actively trying to 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 help you in a way where you don't even really see at the time you know you might just think it's just words you know, but those words again, like it's gonna come a point where that thing might click, and you might be you might have to look at something in a different way. You know, so again, mentorship for me is like a, a really big thing. Kids being open to that and being willing to like have someone who's you know willing to kind of talk to them and you know things like that. Because a lot of time, kids like they kind of get overwhelmed and they're kind of like, why does this person keep wanting to talk to me and stuff like that? Like you old and, you know, I, I, I've seen it. I've seen it a thousand times, you know, um, but for a lot of times, but a lot of times it's, it's for good reason. It's for good reason. Man, whenever I go to speak to uh, kids, man, I always say, I'm going to say some things today and you may not need it at this very moment, but I'm <laughs> yes, sir. at some point you may need it, right? Yes, sir. It's, it's different walks of life. And, yes, sir. And, and as a young man or woman, you know, you you uh, you often think that you're invincible and you'll figure it out. And you will. However, it's a lot easier to take advice from somebody who has walked certain paths so you can avoid those mistakes, man. Mm-hmm. And so I think, I think it's very spot on exactly what you said. I completely agree, man. Um, you said, you know, you didn't really start thinking about, you know, picking up the camera and stuff until you started traveling, right? Mm-hmm. Was there a city that maybe turned that light on for you or got you thinking? And 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 if so, what 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 was that moment? Were you on the train, you know what I'm saying, going to France or were you going to Germany or then you're seeing all these different things, you know, what 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 was that moment for you if you had to pinpoint it? Yeah, I think I think it was I think it was like honestly it was probably one of my big my first big trips outside of the country. Um I did a circuit, I did a circuit in Brazil. Mm. Um and and that really kind of like what's that? I said the grind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> um yeah, man. So like it, it and at the time, like I again I wasn't really big into like you know, photography, like, like traditional photography at the time. But when I went out there, I was like, man, like I didn't have a camera anything. I just had my phone. Um, and I just found myself wanting to take, you know, like a lot of pictures and things like that. Um, so it was it like, and, just, and it was just because like the scenery was so different. Um, just a lot of like the colors and things like that, that were like prominent throughout the country. Um, and just how picturesque, like, you know, a lot of like the waters and, you know, things like that were, were out there. So it was just something like, I, I just remember vividly, like being on that trip and just wishing that I had like a camera in, in my hand to like kind of take, you know, proper photos with mm-hmm. and things like that. So that was, I would say that would probably be one of the first instances where it kind of like, it really kind of like started to, to, to kind of open up. So when you stepped away from the sport, you know, you did some coaching, you did some teachings. You, mm-hmm. you say, still crazy to me how you said you didn't find it until five years ago, man. <laughs> but when you stepped away from the sport, man, you know, I think I think sometimes when we are trying to transition out of something, it can be very tough. It can be very yeah. hard and it can be challenging, man. What was those steps like for you and, 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 and how did you get into coaching and how did you go into teaching? Because... They are different things, but they're kind of one in the same. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, most definitely. So, um, so the coaching kind of like you know, and, and you know, you you probably you know seen it and heard it. You know, like as I was so when I was I was still competing at the time, um, and I was um, my coach. He was the uh, at the time he was the assistant coach at um, the college in New Jersey. Um, so that's where I was, I was training. Uh, I was living in New Jersey at the time. Cause I had, I had bounced around a little bit. I had lived, I was training down in Florida for a while. I left that camp. Um, and then I just, I ended up in Jersey. Um, so he took me under his wing and I was, you know, I was, I was training there on a daily basis and he asked me, did I want to start coaching? So he brought me on the staff. 
Um, and I was, um, I was one of the sprint coaches there. So, um, during my time training there, um, I was, you know, I was on the staff, you know, coaching, coaching, us the sprint athletes. Um, and then from there, what happened was I was getting it toward the tail end of my career. Like I, I had always been someone who was like, cause I, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like track and field is one of those sports where it it's notorious for overstaying your welcome. Like it's, it's, it's notorious, bro. Like, and, and, yes, again, like and it's because, and, and it's, it's because of, you know, it's one of those sports where you can do it forever if you want. Like they, they have the masters, you know, the, the different masters classes and things like that. Um, but for me personally, like I just never really was interested in that. Like I never, I, I just, I personally just, Again, like that chip on my shoulder. I was trying to compete at the highest level. Um, yeah. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to go to the Olympic Games. I wanted to, you know, be in a, you know, a diamond league race and do all these things. Um, so when I kind of saw that, you know, I was trying to be very realistic with myself and I saw that that wasn't in the cards for me, I kind of like started to pull back a little bit and started, mm -hmm. started devoting more of my time into like coaching up the athletes that were, that I was coaching. Um, so at that point, I kind of wanted to transition to a different program because it was D3 and I wanted to kind of coach. I went, I saw myself coaching D1. Um, but to be honest, like the, you know, the offers and the opportunities weren't there. So I needed to find something, you know, that I felt was going to be fulfilling for me because at the time, like I just wasn't really crazy about, you know, coaching at the school that I was coaching at. Um, so I ended up someone's like, Hey, do you, would you want to start, you know, do some grassroots athletics mm -hmm. um, in, in Texas? So yeah, they ended up bringing me into this school and I was solely responsible. I taught, I was teaching phys ed, but then I was solely responsible for building the, the school's um, athletic program. So over the course of, you know, the next few years, like I was there teaching phys ed and I was, you know, building, like we started soccer track basketball at the school um, they didn't have anything in the beginning. And that's kind of something that, you know, I helped develop and, and grow um, at that school. And it was definitely a different experience because working with college kids and then coming down and working with like, you know, grassroots, like, you know, little like kids, like, you know, third, fourth, fifth graders, it was just a completely different ball game. Yeah. Um, but again, like you said, they're one in the same, right? It's like, you know, it's teaching and it's coaching but in the grand scheme of thing, it's all, it's all teaching and, and learning, you know? So what was you know. the, if there was a lesson that you took from, from uh, coaching and teaching, man, what, what was that? What was that lesson? Listen to your kids and your athletes. <laughs> Cause they tell you everything you need to know. They tell you everything, <laughs> they tell you, everything you need to know. I, I can't tell you how many times and I learned that early on as a coach, like, you know, like a, being a young coach and kind of thinking that you have all the answers um, and not, you know, sometimes not really listening to your athletes and tell, telling you how their body is feeling or how their day is going and things like that can be detrimental to their overall growth. Um, so that was something that I learned very on. And as I progressed in my, you know, in my coaching career, like I really started to like kind of take a step back and being more in tune with like the athlete as a person. Um, because mm. if they feel, if they know that you care about them and you're listening to what they have to say or, you know, voicing their opinion, they know that all the time you're not going to, you know, do what they think is best, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. being more in tune with them, they're willing to do more for you. You know, so I, I took that philosophy and mindset to even like teaching kids, like working in an inner city school and having kids who, again, come from like the same environment that I came from and, you know, having rough home lives and things like that. They're coming to school and they're acting out and have behavior problems. If you take the time to like be more in tune with them, they're more willing to do what you ask them to do, whether mm -hmm. it's learning or behaving. So for me, that is the biggest thing. Again, like being in tune with the athlete, the student, the person. And I feel like you're able to get more out of, out of a human being when you are being a human being to them. You know, man, it's so funny in, in, in that, in that statement, uh, in its simplicity, it's yet profound, right? Because <laughs> it's a hundred percent true, right? Because it's that same Testament that, that kind of helped you. And it's definitely helped me in different yeah. ways. And I think, 
the moment that you know someone cares about you, man, you're gonna say to yourself, "Wow, this person is is investing in me." Yo, I can't, I can't let them down. But you know what's interesting, man? I just, I just thought about this, man. Um, in the way how you make videos and you make visuals, man, mm-hmm. you were running in a place where you were creating a whole foundation of how a teams and and, and schools mm-hmm. should run from a sporting standpoint, right? So mm-hmm. it's like it's like it's like you were creating a step-by-step formation in a different way mm-hmm. but you were still painting that same picture mm-hmm. right? yeah for sure when for pick, sure when you picked up the camera man because <laughs> i'm still trying to figure out how you only been doing this not so long <laughs> uh, when you finally you know found your way there man and you started picking it up man, did you know that this was something right away right from a cinematic view maybe from a photographer like did you how did you balance or how did you find what was the right thing for you yeah man it's it's it definitely came innately like it was just something that I kind of caught on to very quickly which was very surprising to me and again like like the way you're in amazement like when I tell people like I've been only been doing like photography like I've only I, I started I started off doing photography about five years ago I've only been shooting video for about three and a half years so it's like this is a very just like I'm still like new to this like I'm still learning a a, a ton of things um but like you said it's something that I just like when I started doing it it just it was it was just like a natural thing for me and I get I get like super excited and I'm passionate about it and I feel like that is one thing like when you're passionate about something like I feel like things come very quickly and come come naturally because a lot of the work that needs to be done, like I I enjoy it. Like I enjoy, you know, consuming different, you know, content and try and refining my craft and learning about light and learning about movement and learning about how sound plays into you know different you know shots and creating a video. Um, those things like I enjoy consuming that content. I enjoy learning that stuff. And I think that's what has helped me kind of like be on a fast track to kind of like, you know, be at the level, you know, that I am now and again, still growing. So yeah, man, it was one of those things that just honestly really kind of came naturally. Like when I, I picked up the camera shooting photos, it was just like, I had a natural eye for just like, you know, angles and, you know, things like that. And it just kind of parlayed into, Hey, let me try out the video settings on this camera. And when I did that, man, that was a game changer. I was like, dude, I can like, create i can like have tell a story through like creating a video like me personally oh man let's go let's go (laughs) man what 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 does that look like from a creative standpoint right like how do you break that down like where do you start what 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 says you know what like for example someone may say you know i want to make this video right and they come to you and they share their ideas they may not know what it's going to look like or how they're going to do it but how do you help them paint that picture that they want, right? Because that in itself is a skill. That's a gift. Yeah. A gift of imagery, man. Walk me through your process of of uh, of making that visual reality. Are you in a dark room for an hour listening to music? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> to gather your thoughts. What is that process like? Yeah, man. It's 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 all different, man. It's it's because again, like when you have different clients who come to you with with different ideas you know you have like you have to be able to tap into different types of inspiration to come up with ideas for the clients who do need it so i I will give two examples here right so let's let's say i for example like with music videos because that's kind of like where i kind of started out out with it's like sometimes you have i'll have a client or even now i could give an example because i'm actually actively in the process of like storyboarding a, a music video so i have an artist um who is based in l.a um, he's, he, you know, he wants some visuals for, you know, some songs that he has coming out. So he just sends me, you know, he sends me the songs. He doesn't have any ideas. And I literally, I'm a, like, I like sound and music, like really totally drive just my creative process. Like that mm. is where I get an inspiration from. So with, with artists, you know, sending me, you know, a song, like I'll literally, and I have, it's, it's weird. I have to listen to it in my car. <laughs> what I do is I, I, I get the song, I download it, and I get in my car, and I just drive around the city. I drive around the city 
any time, especially nighttime is, is a best best time for me. And I just cruise. I cruise and I listen to the song over and over. And it's it's weird. Like I, I can't. It sounds kind of cheesy and corny, but I literally start painting the picture in my head. I'm like, mm. oh, like I see this happening. I see that happening. You know, I start thinking about how can we, you know, interconnect these different ideas that I have. Um, and then from there, what I do is I start kind of like I try to pull like inspiration, like inspiration from like different visuals. So like whether it's different movies or another music video, I kind of like get inspiration from that and try to like start building a storyboard from, you know, those two things. So that's kind of like how it, I approach it from a client standpoint. But for myself, like sometimes I have passion projects that I have. Those are strictly like off of music. Like I'm a SoundCloud junkie. Like <laughs> I turn on SoundCloud. I got like my favorite songs and I just let the radio play. And I I don't tell you how, I can't tell you how many times I've come across like music where I hear something and it's like, it's like a light bulb goes up. I get like, I get a, it's, a, it's a weird feeling. I get a rush of like ideas. And it's like, sometimes it's overwhelming because it's like, mm -hmm. I want to, I want to act on it right away. And I know that I know how I am. I have to kind of like pull myself back and kind of like just really refine like all the ideas that are coming in because it's like a overflow of, of ideas. So for me, as you can see, you see the themes like for me, music and sound is the, is like the biggest thing that kind of pushes me to like my different creative ideas. Man, as, as, as as you started, you know, building your portfolio, you know, getting getting some names under you, man. Um, what was what was that one person that? Because uh, I know you're working with Toby a little bit, saw some mm -hmm. visuals. What was that like, man? Because Toby lyrically is a machine, you know. What I'm <laughs> and that a visionary as well too. What was that like working with him? Yeah, man. So the Toby, my my Toby story is crazy, man. So so I actually. Um, I actually was the like the first person to ever like shoot any of Toby's videos. Yeah. Um, so what happened was like so um, at the time again I was getting I was into like the photography and stuff like that. And at the time he had a nonprofit that they would do um, these different art shows in the city of Houston. So I remember one time hit like I just DM'd him. Um, I asked him, could I come out to one of their shows? And like, could I, would I be able to like shoot photos? And he was like, yeah, cool. Like, go ahead, pull up, bring your camera. Like you can shoot photos, do your thing. So I was shooting photos. I went to, and I think I, I, I can't went to like two different shows. I was shooting photos and I would shoot them. I would post them. And then he would, you know, he would like them. He would even like post some of them. Um, and then one day he hit me up. He was like, yo, bro. He's like, he's like, he's like, check it out. He's like, I got this thing. He's like, my girl. He's like, I do these raps and my girl, she braids my hair and I do these raps to different beats. He's like, but I, I kind of want to take it to a, you know, I want to kind of, I kind of want to, you know, make it a little bit, you know, better. Like, you know, kid, would you be able to help? And I was like, well, I just, I had just started, I had just started like work, like working on video. And I was like, I was, I was like, all right, shoot. Like, yeah, I'm down. <laughs> like, let's, you know, I'll pull up. Let's, let's kind of like create some different visuals, you know, for, you know, for this thing. He was at the time it was called Get Twisted Sundays. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, man, we pulled up to his apartment. The first, I, I shot the first one and it went, it went crazy. Um, and then from there he, you know, and I started to kind of build with him at the time and he was talking about how he had to, you know, he, he wanted to put out a video, um, every week for 10 years. And I was like, every week for 10 years, like, what the hell is this dude talking about? <laughs> He's like, every day, I was like, I was like, he's like every year, every week for 10 years. I was like. I was, I was like, all right, man. I was like, let's let's do it. And, and at the time when he said it, I'm like, I'm just thinking like, and I've heard, you know, rappers. I'm like, rappers say things and they, you know, like whatever. Um, but over the course of the next, I think I worked for Toby with Toby for like almost two years. Um, mm -hmm. Over the over the course of the next two years, like I just saw like the work ethic and how dude was moving, how you know, like I knew, like I knew back then. I said, I, I would, I would say to people around me, I said, I'm like, bro, this dude is going just, just from a, like a work ethic and lyricism standpoint, like, I like, this dude is going to like take off. Um, and, you know, and, and look at it now, you know, he's added like the art, the art form into it, which is, you know, kind of put him in his own lane, which, you know, makes him different than everyone else. Cause you know, rap, everyone can rap, everyone can do that. Um, but yeah, so for me, like kind of being there in the beginning and, you know, getting that ball rolling 
it was cool, man. It was really cool. And to see, you know, to work with an artist like that, um, it was it was super dope at the time. Definitely, definitely one of uh, one of the one of the pieces that kind of made me the, the the cinematographer and photographer and artist that I am now. Man, I would have said the same thing if you would have said for ten years. I would have been like, <laughs> what? Yeah. You know, same. But <laughs> but I think that's also probably why you guys work so well together because he was seeing the long-term vision, even though you were just getting started. So was he in a way, right? Man, when, when you are uh, uh, creating something and you see the final product, are you able to take out the, 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 the critic side of you always trying to get better? Or are you able to say, you know what, I'm gonna take that side out so I can just enjoy it. Right. Cause you got to turn on a different hat, right? How, how do you how do you do that? <laughs> yeah, I've got I've gotten a lot better with it. Um, in the beginning, I wasn't really good at it. I was very, um, I was always critical of it um, and feeling like it wasn't good enough. Um, and I still have that to you know now, but I'm able to kind of like you said, turn it on and off um, and be critical when I need to be critical and just let it be when I need to let it be. And that, and that's, has be, that's because of, I really had to kind of sit down and process, process the kind of like the climate in the space that artists are in nowadays. Everything is so with social media, everything is so microwave. Everything is so quick. Like you put something out and within literally a day, six hours, 12 hours, it's pushed to the back of someone's mind. It's out out of their way and they're thinking about the next thing. Um and even for instance, even look 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 with how Toby like and that's when, it's crazy. Now that I'm saying this out loud, that's one thing that Toby kind of like would talk about early on. He would say that, you know, like no one cares about how dope you are. They want they care about consistency. Mm. And in a way, in a way, yes, that is that's right. But there's a part of me that that I really don't I really don't like that mindset because as an artist I feel like you take so much time to create something and put your you know pour your heart you know your you know your soul into something and for it to only be appreciated for a small moment in time um, it, it it can it can it can break it can break a lot of artists down you know and I I see you know people who you know who are you know who shoot video who shoot photos nowadays who they get you know, they get discouraged because, you know, they put something out and there's not getting the attention that they wanted to get. Um, and it's just because of the, the, the space that we're, you know, that we're in, you know, so they start to be a lot more critical about their work when, you know, their work is already great and they just need to like, appreciate it for what it is um, and and just let it live, you know, and, and use, you know, that, you know, that experience that they went through to, you know, to create one piece and pour that into the next piece and just keep the ball rolling. Man, that's great advice, man. That kind of, that kind of, you know, bled over to my next question, man. Um, Man, for the young cinematographer, photographer, man, who was just, you know, maybe they're a little frustrated or they don't know where to start. They don't know what, what those next steps look like, man. What, what are a couple practical tips that you would, that you would tell and could pass down to them, man? create every day create every day like that like honestly like that is the best create every day and and consume consume information on your craft like those are the two things that i i honestly truly believe will put you on a path to be a a better um artist a better like again cinematographer if you shoot videos better cinematographer if you shoot photos better photographer um Again, like you can't, I'm a huge believer, like you can't get better at this thing if you're not shooting, if you're not editing, if you're not putting things out and just, you know, and and going through the process. Uh, Mm -hmm. I I often talk to a lot of, you know, I get a lot of, you know, DMs and, you know, people want advice on. busy in there. (laughs) Yeah, man. Like people want to know different advice on, advice on, you know, how to do this and how to do that. You know, and I can give you all the advice in the world, and that's great. But you, but when I go on your page and I don't see you working, it that that's that's the thing. Like you gotta work, you gotta put the work in. Like you can read all the books, you can consume all the information, but if you're not putting it into practice, how do you know that you're able to do it? 
you know, mm. so that for me, again, like getting up the shots, you know, and consuming the information, you got to do those two things because that's the only way you're going to get better at at this thing. Man, that that's great advice, bro. And I, and, I, and I completely agree. And one of the things that I really like that you said, man, was, you know, you reached out to, to serve. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? You reached out to him to, you know, to see how you could be of value and of asset. And you didn't reach out. I think, I just think too many times, man, like we all want the money. You know what I'm saying? We all want to feel appreciated for our work, mm-hmm. right? But that doesn't mean that your heart is in the right place. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's very important, man. But uh, let's get into these last these last fun five, man. These quick hitters, man. Last five questions. Shouldn't okay. be too hard. Shouldn't be too taxing. They should be should be nice and easy going, man. Question one. If you're trapped on an island for a week and you can only take three things with you, man, what would those three things be? Man, dude, I hate these questions. I had to All right, let me see. Three, three things I would take with me. Oh, man. All right, so definitely, definitely my camera. Um, definitely my, my, uh, my EOS, I would take my EOS SAR cause I could shoot video and photo with that. Um, I would take, uh, man, I would take, I would take a lighter. You said a, a trap on an island, mm-hmm. a lighter and, and, and a knife. <laughs> Those three things. I'm trying to survive, bro. You gotta eat, bro. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta boil some water to hunt this fish, man. <laughs> for sure, for sure. And I gotta take pictures of it when I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> Document the journey. Yes. <laughs> Question two, man. Um, I know your mind is always wondering, and that's just the creative side of you, um, always flowing, man. But what are your top three favorite movies? Oh, golly, dang. Oh man. All right. Uh. All right, I would say the talented Mr. Ripley. Mm. That's one. Uh, Widows. Yeah. It's two. And three. Man, that's a hard one. I'm a big fan of the that. I just can't choose one of them. I'm I'm a big fan of the Dark Knight trilogy. That 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 trilogy. I'm Ooh, I'm, I'm a really big fan of that trilogy. So I can't I can't choose one of those. So just go ahead and give me the give me the pack on that. <laughs> give me the pack. <laughs> go ahead and get the value pack. Yep, yep. <laughs> give me the pack. <laughs> um, you know, man. You know, we spoke earlier about just at the beginning of you know mental health, right? I think I think that's something that we need to definitely take seriously mm-hmm. um, because we all struggle with it in some capacity, man. But what is one thing that you have to do for your for yourself every day? Work out. It literally work out like that. That it's crazy, man. Because I get so many people who ask me, like, "Dude, how are you able to work out six, sometimes seven days a week?" And it's like, for me, exercise is not. It's not even about the physical exertion. For me, it's literally peace. Like it's literally mm-hmm. peace of mind. I go in there. Sometimes I sit down for a whole hour before I even do anything. I sit there, I listen to my music. Sometimes I don't even listen to music. I just sit there and I just think. And it, it, that for me is like my my mental release. It keeps me sane. It really keeps me sane. Wow, man. Um, we're going to speak this next one into existence because it's going to happen just a matter of time, man. If when the opportunity comes and you can work with three artists, three um, actors, who 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 would it be? You have three. You get to pick three artists in general. Who would you Jeez. love to work with? Oh man, <laughs> oh man, three artists I would work with. Oh man, I would say, damn. Honestly, so one so one person I would love to work with, and he's not even an artist; he's a director. Um, I would love to work with Riley Robbins. Um, he is one of my, he's one of my, he is one of my biggest inspirations when it comes to like video work. Mm. Um, he's a director DP um, and he shoots like a lot of like fashion film and, you know, just like short film type stuff. And I just love the way he directs. I love the way he, you know, he captures different things. So I would love to work with him. Um, so that's one. Uh, artists. So I'm big. I'm I'm really into rap, um, and one of my favorite 
uh, rap artist is his name is Sky Zoo. He's a rapper rapper based out of uh, out of Brooklyn, New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason I say him is because if you're from anyone who's familiar with him, he so when he every project that he puts out, it's it's a story. So um, he bases like a lot of his projects off of you know kind of like TV series and things like that. And the, his way with words and how he tells the story of a course of a project um, is super dope. So I would love to kind of like maybe possibly work with him one day and kind of like create some visuals um, to kind of like help tell some of the stories that he that he kind of like puts together on his projects. Um, and then number three, man, I wouldn't mind working with Will Smith, to be honest. Like, I feel like his like he's like super creative. Um, he has like an open mind, to like different things. Um, and it's kind of dope to kind of see him transitioning or not even transitioning, but him kind of like getting into more into the media, the media game and kind yeah. of like, you know, seeing that expand and kind of him building on on himself as a, you know, as a media content creator. Yeah, man. And, and yeah. you know, I think now he's able to be every piece of him that was in. Yeah. Press, right. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, for sure. Last question, man. You know, um, Every every journey always, every season that we go through always reveals something within us, man. Everything that you've been able to accomplish, you know, again, how you grew up, man, the fact that you made it out of there and doing what you're doing now. If there was one word to describe you, man, what would that one word be and why? Resilient. Um, and I say that because... I mean, I feel like that is something that you have to be to come from places like where I came from, you know, Mm. Um, Trent, New Jersey, you know, is not the only, you know, rough place in the world, in in the United States or even in the world, you know, shoot, I went, I've been to some countries where, dude, like (laughs) our, our, our project living is nothing compared to some of these other countries, you know, so to be, I mean, and you, you, you definitely probably know being from Jamaica, you know, so it's like, you know, you have to be resilient to kind of come from some of those different circumstances to have, you know, any type of success in life. You know, it takes it takes a village um, to to kind of like, you know, get, you know, a young boy or a young girl to that point. Um, but it definitely takes you definitely have to have that internal resiliency to kind of keep pounding the pavement and to you know, attain, you know, those goals in life. Man, that's real, bro. Man, thank you again for coming on, bro. I can't wait to see what the next five years look like from the five years you basically just started. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, I appreciate your time, man. And I know every time every time I see something out, man, I'm just like, man, God is using this man to his full potential to operate in his gift and purpose, man, because not many people are operating in that, in that gift and that purpose, man, but you are, bro. So... Thank you again, man. I'm looking forward to uh, to what you're going to come in. And when you do work with Will and when you do work um, with uh, with the other two that you mentioned, man, mm-hmm. uh, hey, it, it 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 came out your mouth here. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Definitely. Definitely. And man, again, I appreciate I appreciate you, man. This is an honor. Like I said, I've been watching you for for some years now and just with your way with words and how you inspire people, man, just keep continue to do what you do continue to you know to pour into people and to use your platform in the way that you're using it man this is this is an amazing thing i I really appreciate it i appreciate you my brother man much love we'll talk soon man yes sir